Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Since I was 18 years old, I have been working out, and I'm talking consistently, literally over half my life. And I've worked out for many reasons over the years. Back then when I was 18 and I was still in college, I was working out to lose weight. I had gained the freshman 15 plus some and decided exercise was the answer. And in less than three months, I lost all that weight working out and changing how I was eating. That's always a part of it, right? For me, working out is a non-negotiable. I wouldn't compromise it for anything. I remember in my 20s, I would push back dates so that I could work out before I went on a date because working out was so important to me. And when I worked out, I went hard. I was the kind of person who moved to the gym with a get out of my way kind of energy. I always had my headphones on so that I was never bothered. I was competitive in HIIT trainings, TRX classes. Honestly, I was a force to be reckoned with in my 20s and early 30s. And I loved working out so much that I actually taught spin and TRX classes and became a personal trainer. So you can imagine my surprise and my disappointment when one day working out wasn't working for me anymore, at least not the way that it used to. Around 36 years old, the same hardcore workouts completely depleted me. I would work out in the morning or at noon, and then I was toast for the rest of my day. And after a couple of months of trying to make modifications and just trying to make my workouts work for me, nothing changed. And I knew that there was something deeper going on. I knew that it was my hormones. So today I wanna shed light on how to shift your exercise routine if you are feeling like, or you absolutely know that you're struggling with hormone issues. Things like chronic fatigue, terrible PMS, shifts in hormones during perimenopause, and even low thyroid issues. And I can speak to every single one of these because I've had to navigate my exercise and movement routine to address all of these issues at one point in time. And there were times where it wasn't easy to make such big changes. Honestly, it felt like a loss to not be able to do the things that I could do just a couple months prior. Exercise for me looks very, very different today than it looked five years ago. But luckily, I am still getting the same results physically by making those modifications because I learned the hard way after many months and not just one time, multiple times in my 30s where I would try to continue to work out the way that I had and I found myself more depleted, more exhausted, just completely run down and the scale not budging. And there were definitely instances where the scale didn't just not budge, but it kept climbing up and recognizing that exercise is a major stressor, especially if you already have compounding hormonal issues, things like low thyroid issues, or chronic fatigue, or you're having irregular periods, or maybe you're in the perimenopause and menopause spectrum, where things are shifting and changing quite quickly. So today, I'm excited to talk about this on our Q&A Friday, and one particular reader and listener, Isabel Banks, reached out to me 
asking to get clarity on what was going on with her body while she was experiencing new changes, exercising, and what she could do to actually support her body. So here's Isabella's question. I was recently diagnosed with chronic fatigue and I would really like to keep trim and lean and to keep my muscle tone up. Is this realistic or should I just expect that I will have to get rounder and softer and I will just have to be getting used to the fact that I lack energy and I'm struggling with hormone issues? Now this is such a great question because I know Isabel isn't the only person who's wondering what is going on? Why is it that the scale isn't moving? Why is it that I can't exercise the way that I used to? What is going on with my body? Why am I feeling so depleted? Why am I feeling so burnt out? And here's the thing, millions of women are struggling with hormone issues that are affecting their metabolism, energy levels, and ability to move their bodies and to get the results that they're used to getting, even just six months ago or a couple of years ago. You know, for many of us, hormones rule the roost and they can impact everything, especially our energy levels. And when you bring on an added stressor, like exercise, because let's just get real, exercise is a stressor on the system, the struggle can get very real. And for many of us, it's all about our stress and our cortisol levels. So if you're already struggling with chronic fatigue caused by cortisol issues, excessive exercise, long distance running is going to set you back. Anything excessive is going to set your back. And we're not talking about just your energy, which I'm sure if you're already finding yourself kind of hitting that threshold, that's just the one thing you're going to notice pretty much out the gate. But the other thing that's going to take a hit is going to be your metabolism. And be thinking about like how often have you spent hours working out, moving your body every single day, you're eating nothing but grilled chicken, fish, and salads, yet the number on the scale doesn't budge. Or worse, they begin to slowly creep up along with your waist measurement, right? That visceral belly fat that we're so concerned with when it comes to rising cortisol levels. And if this is happening to you, it is time to shift your movement and workout routine. And that is just the truth of it. If you know you are struggling with hormone issues or fatigue or even low thyroid that isn't getting in check, the first thing to do is to take your foot off the gas pedal. No more one hour Peloton classes or workout classes. It is time to majorly scale it back. Now, I know that we have been told that you need to work out hard for big results or that you need to put in that 50 plus minutes every single day. But if your hormones are really struggling, this not only makes things worse, but it can actually compound the hormone issues that you're dealing with. And I can speak from personal experience, you know, having this expectation that you've got to really grind it out or you've got to do these long workouts or hour workouts, I began to realize that that just wasn't true for me anymore. Now, if you're struggling to get through your workout, you find yourself after that 15 minutes or after that hour-long workout or that, that run or whatever you're doing, you're finding that you are completely wiped, you're completely winded, it's time to bring your workouts down to 20 to 30 minutes max. And I recommend taking a really big step back for about three weeks to a month to restore your stress hormones. Taking a step back can include things like hiking, walking, yoga, Pilates, low impact exercises, and maybe even some short strength training. And what I mean by that is lifting weights. 
And always ask yourself, and this was something I never asked myself, but always ask yourself, what would my body love right now? So if you know you're planning to exercise, let's say it's eight o'clock in the morning or it's noon or maybe it's in the afternoon and it's time to get your exercise in because, well, it's on your phone right now, that is the time. Ask yourself, you know, what would you really love right now? What would your body really love? Would it be a walk in your neighborhood? Would it be some gentle yoga? Would it be maybe 10 minutes of strength training and a walk in your neighborhood? Like checking in to see what feels right for you today. You know, for me, my body wasn't loving the HIIT classes for quite some time and the big time weightlifting classes. Now I wasn't doing CrossFit, but something very similar to that And I never, ever asked my body what it wanted. I just got in the car, drove to the gym, and did the thing. And finally, what I realized is those decisions every single day, I began to really pay for down the road. So the important thing to focus on here is when you're really struggling with hormonal imbalances and how you would know that is, again, low energy, brain fog, inconsistent periods, PMS issues, low libido. Maybe you're noticing that your metabolism isn't working like it used to. Maybe you're noticing mood swings. You know, All of these things can be indicative of what's going on with your hormones. And in those moments, you're beginning to stack the deck on some of those symptoms. It's really important to give your body grace and time to heal. And I do want to speak to the fact that movement is still important, but it's important to take it easy. If you're feeling exhausted after a workout, that's a sign that your body just can't handle more stress and you're depleting yourself and potentially causing more inflammation. And in turn, your body will go into survival mode. Everything's going to slow down, including your metabolism, and you may start to stack visceral fat around the midsection, around that belly fat, because your body, again, thinks that you are going into a state of survival and you need to you need to hold on to what you've got. And yes, exercise, if you're overly exercised, can absolutely exacerbate that. Now, as you begin to recover from whatever hormone issues may be going on, again, specifically your chronic fatigue, your low thyroid, maybe you're in the perimenopause and menopause spectrum, you just are recognizing that you're just not feeling the way that you used to feel. The first thing I recommend is take it, like I said, take it easy, but also consider adding a little bit of strength training because this focuses on your muscles, which are the muscle of longevity and metabolism. So a lot of women, we haven't really been told to focus a lot on the strength training piece, maybe for helping to support our bone health, but oftentimes we were told cardio, cardio, cardio. And what's really going to help support us, not only help to boost our metabolism, help to boost our longevity, um, help to also boost specifically, you know, our tone, our leanness is going to be focusing on those muscles. Even I remember when I was diagnosed with Hajimoto's and before I was even diagnosed with Hajimoto's that summer, I was trying to do, I was going to Orange Theory classes and I was, I, I used to be so competitive in these Orange Theory classes and all of a sudden I just felt like everything was just going downhill and I would finish these Orange Theory classes and be completely exhausted, completely wiped. And so I decided to cut my Orange Theory class down to only a, a half hour. I would do the 30 minutes where we did the strength training, not the 30 minutes where we were running on a treadmill. Cause I noticed that the 30 minutes on the treadmill was really wearing me out. 
And I ended up having a really dear friend of mine on the show who is a Hajimoto specialist, and she talks a lot about what does it look like to exercise for women with Hajimoto's or low thyroid function or any type of, of thyroid issue to begin with. And the one thing that she focused on in that interview was it's important to make sure that you're doing strength training, so that you're building those muscles, that you're supporting that metabolism, but you're not stressing the system with too much cardio because when we rev up that level of our metabolism, we rev up that stressor, we can elevate cortisol even more. So that's gonna be a super, super important thing is if you're beginning to recover, that first step is really adding in 10 minutes, 15 minutes of strength training. And we're not talking about, again, not CrossFit. We're not talking about, you know, heavy lifting. If heavy lifting is your thing, then yes. But we're talking about, you know, grabbing some 10 pound weights, grabbing some five pound weights, grabbing some 12 pound weights, and just focusing on those big muscles, focusing on the legs, focusing on the glutes, focusing on the back, focusing on the abs, the chest, and then arms and triceps so that you're really working that muscle of longevity. The next thing is to consider some other areas when it comes to movement. Number one is to plan for the long term. It is no surprise that your health is a long-term journey and that includes movement. So exercise isn't designed to be for a short amount of time. Yes, we have probably exercised to get ready for our wedding or we've exercised for a big event, but at the end of the day, the reason why I've exercised for over 20 years it's because I always knew that it was a part of a lifestyle change and it was gonna keep me healthy for many, many years to come. It was gonna keep my brain sharp. It was gonna keep my body healthy. It was gonna keep me strong. That was always so important. So just note that movement, it doesn't even have to be exercise. There's so many different ways to move the body from mini dance parties to hiking to walking to yoga, Pilates, I mean, getting where you fit in, online Zumba classes. And the purpose of that is it benefits our brain, our mitochondria, our brain health, and we've been talking a lot about the metabolism, which is an area that a lot of women reach out to me. It's like, how do I fix my broken metabolism? How do I fix the slowed down metabolism? Strength training is a big part of that, but movement is always gonna be a big part of that. Number two is to address sleep problems. So when we're thinking about things that compound hormonal imbalances, having poor quality sleep is such a big part of that. So making sure that you're looking and addressing sleep problems. I talk a lot about sleep here on the podcast. There are definitely episodes where we showcase more of that. I have a whole chapter on sleep in my best-selling book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution book. And just note that sleep will absolutely 100% compound lack of energy and stress on the body. Add exercise to the mix and ooh, you're definitely going to feel it. So definitely address the sleep problems. Next is consider working out in the morning when cortisol is naturally elevated. So especially if you're struggling with fatigue and you're kind of getting back into that recovery zone, naturally we have that cortisol awakening response that happens in the morning. We get that little cortisol surge. It is kind of the best time specifically so that we're not overstressing the system because cortisol is kind of already doing its thing to work out in the morning if you can or to work out you know at least like at noon or the morning. The later that we get into the evening, our bodies are actually naturally reducing cortisol and exercise elevates it. So we just want to be mindful, especially if cortisol and fatigue is a a concern for you. 
Next, consider movement that reduces your stress levels. And we talked a little bit about this when it comes for planning for the long term. And doing movement that feels good to you, always asking that question, what would my body love right now? And integrating things like yoga and stretching and walking into your movement routine so that it's not always the hardcore HIIT training or the, the TRX training or whatever training that you may be involved in. Next is adjust your expectations around exercise and movement. Movement that used to be able to serve you in a certain way may not serve you that way anymore. You know, I used to do 50 burpees all the time. I don't do 50 burpees anymore. Like, I have just adjusted my expectations, knowing that my body is served best by doing these movements versus this movement. Maybe I'm not doing, you know, crazy jumping squats and and burpees and you know all the stuff that I used to do. I'm I'm maybe I do a tiny tiny bit of that. I focus on movements that are, are focused on building muscle versus kind of burning it out, hit training. And I have just come to learn that it's important to just move my expectations in the direction where my body is served versus burning out my body. The next thing is to eat after a workout, even if it's a little small meal. And here's the thing, you can adjust your eating calendar, your eating schedule around this as well. If you, especially if you work out your muscles, you do the strength training, you know, you really kind of work those muscles. It's important to have a little bit of protein to help rebuild those muscles. If it's a walk on the beach or it's a walk in the neighborhood or it's a little bit of dancing, then you can probably skip the snack. just really based on what you've got going on, whether you're doing intermittent fasting or you are doing keto, you know, eating, whatever that looks like, being mindful of just kind of working, you know, making sure that you're having some type of snack. Maybe it's a protein shake or a green smoothie after a workout so that you're helping to rebuild that muscle. And then last thing I wanted to just bring in is that I know that right now is a very weird and upside down time. You know, we're still in the throes of COVID. This virus doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's the summertime. I know we want to get outside. I know many of you are probably getting outside and please get outside. You know, make sure you're social distancing. Make sure that you are taking care of yourself and your family. But note that gyms aren't necessarily open. You know, yoga studios aren't open. A lot of the places that we were all used to going to, I had my favorite yoga studio. I had my favorite gym over here. I had all of my kind of my favorite workout facilities that I love to go to and poof, they're gone, right? They're just not happening. So one of the things that we invested in actually back in the winter was a Peloton. So that's one way that we've been exercising. And what I love so much about the Peloton, just speaking from personal experience, is that I can do a little 15 minute workout. I can do a little 20 minute workout and I don't really go past 30 minutes on the Peloton because cardio more than 30 minutes really isn't serving my body. But for some people, you could absolutely do that hour workout, just really knowing your body and knowing what your limitations are there. But the other thing I wanted to recommend is a wonderful dear friend of mine. and She is known as the Betty Rocker. And I love her workouts because they really do vary. She has a lot of strength training. She has multiple programs. And what I also love is that you get a a taste of what she does and a taste of how she really kind of gets your body primed and energized through Instagram and Facebook. She has many workouts on Instagram and Facebook all the time. I've had her here on the podcast before. She's one of my closest friends. And man, she has changed the lives of thousands and thousands of women. It's so impressive. So if you're looking for someone to check out, 
I would definitely check out the Betty Rocker. I know that there's a lot of workout apps and programs out right now. It is kind of nice to be able to work out from your living room or maybe your garage or maybe your backyard at the moment. And as you know, I'm always a big fan of like get in where you fit in. Just make sure that again, you're listening to your body and be okay with making those changes that ultimately are gonna serve you in the end. Keep that wanting to keep fighting to keep that high level of intensity of exercise just for women, and particularly as we get into our late 30s, our 40s, our 50s, it just may not be getting you the results that you're looking for. And like I said, it could be actually working in the opposite direction. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have the link to Betty Rocker's website here um, for the show notes for episode 213 so you can go and check her out and i just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the essentially you podcast on the next episode i'm bringing on harvard educator and medical doctor dr uma Naidu. she's actually a psychiatrist and she's going to be sharing her groundbreaking research on nutritional psychiatry and how food can literally change your mood and emotional well-being in a very powerful way I am so excited for this interview because it really just gives a lot of hope around that we can leverage good nutrition, supplementation to really change the way that our brain and our body's functioning. I know a lot of us are under a lot of stress, feeling a lot of anxiety, maybe even depression. And what if we could use foods to actually turn that around? So I'm excited to have Dr. Uma on the show. She has a new book out as well. And there's gonna be a lot of things I know that you're gonna really be enlightened by in this upcoming interview. I hope you are enjoying your summer in such a big way. You're getting outside, you're enjoying the sunshine, getting your vitamin D. Until then, have an amazing week and weekend.